Hello everyone, Dr. Stillman here with Clark Engelbert. We are here today to talk about secrets of magnesium supplementation. We are going to be doing a mineral balancing webinar at the end of the next month, end of July. You guys are going to get a lot out of it. We're going to dispel a lot of myths and outright lies about how minerals work and how we supplement them. And you're going to learn about how you can actually balance your minerals to achieve optimal health and vitality. So Clark, let's talk about magnesium supplementation and secrets thereof. What are your first thoughts when I say secrets of magnesium supplementation? The first thing I would, the first thing I think of is that, uh, you know, the necessity for magnesium supplementation um, and just the ubiquity of, uh, of how um, people are, are deficient in magnesium. Mm -hmm. um, it's extremely common. I would say maybe of the mineral imbalances and deficiencies that exist out there, mm -hmm. maybe the most common uh, might rank it at number one. So yes. I think just establishing the necessity for magnesium supplementation is, uh, you know, of critical importance to start off. The other thing that I find interesting is that there's times when people are not outright deficient, but they benefit from supplementation because yes. they have abnormal losses. And so giving yes. them a supplement helps, I hate to say it, but prop them up while mm -hmm. we're fixing other problems that are creating the excessive losses. Sometimes those are voluntary things that people won't give up. If you lead a high stress, high intensity lifestyle, and you ask me to get you off your magnesium supplement, good luck. But mm -hmm. you know, that's just part of the deal with our modern world. That's full of EMF and air pollution and water pollution and, and, you know, is run by psychopaths and narcissists, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a really good point. It's is that not only is magnesium intake in the diet very low, mm -hmm. but there are magnesium antagonists um, in the environment, which are extremely important to note EMF, stress, sugar, but then fluoride, fluoride, um, fluoride will suck that mag right out of you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sort of my favorite, my area of expertise is the heavy metals. Um, mm, true. There are very specific metals which directly antagonize magnesium. Um, uh, aluminum, nickel are two of the big ones. Um, and they can really uh, increase your need for magnesium. So um, especially with like aluminum, aluminum is probably the most ubiquitous toxic metal that there is. It's very common um, in the Earth's crust, but it's also extremely uh, useful for a lot of different industrial applications. So uh, that substitution that takes place between magnesium um, and aluminum, you know, is is one of the most in terms of like that balance that that we're always talking about with minerals and, and uh, the way that the metals interact. Yeah, I would say magnesium deficiency and uh, aluminum toxicity are the two most common mineral and metal imbalances that exist out there today in the modern world. I can't argue with that. And I think what people need to know about magnesium and, and uh, heavy metals is that so heavy metals, when they get into the body, create a lot of oxidative stress and they disrupt the mineral pathways. They basically replace your nutritive minerals with themselves, which is a little bit like putting, say, a spare tire that's from another car on your car. Let's say like taking the spare tire from a Prius and trying to put it on your Ford F-150. Right not a good fit that's the way to put it yes exactly that's what it does in the body is that when the metals substitute uh for the minerals and you can kind of think of this substitution process almost like 
it's an adaptive mechanism to keep you alive in the short term. Right. Right. Uh, it will keep you going. Like if you put that tire on, that's, you know, uh, for a Prius on the F-150, it might get you 20 miles or 30 miles. Yeah. But before too long, you're going to be like rolling off the road again because uh, that tire is not going to last very long. That's exactly how it works with the metals and that substitution process that takes mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Not only are the metals gaining access to cellular compartments through the mineral channels and transporters, mm -hmm. when they get in there, they're substituting on those enzymes and they do so at a much lower efficiency. So they keep you alive, they keep you going in the short term, but ultimately it leads to massive dysfunction. Can we actually say that they, they do, we know that they do allow for enzyme function? Yes. They're, so you can think of this like metals can become conditionally essential under those conditions <clears throat> where they're- but I mean, this is not just like HTMA lore. This is true. This is in the literature. It's it is okay. Buried. It's yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's not just HTMA lore, but it's kind Got of buried it. in the literature in some of these like textbooks that I have back here. Good. Um, just making you know. sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially for um, the skeptics out there who be like, "What are these two guys talking about? Know, Metals acting like minerals? That sounds like some kind of hoodoo nonsense that <laughs> would, would totally get promulgated in the integrative and natural like medical space before anyone caught on to the fact that no one actually had any citations for it." Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the other thing I was going to say about magnesium is that because it's necessary for the production of energy within the cell, mm. it's critical for hydrogen bonding networks in the cell. And if you look at how cellular bioenergetics work, a la Gilbert Ling, a la Gerald Pollack, mm -hmm. you know that the, the exclusion zone water is critical for <clears throat> the cellular battery, and that's critical for detox. Mm. So forget about your yes. sauna. Well, I don't, don't forget about your sauna. That's exactly what you need for detox, but forget about like your coffee enemas and your bentonite clays and all this other fancy stuff that people want to go, go hog wild yes. with when it comes to detox, but you need to put the minerals that are right in like magnesium. You need to get that water structured with the right frequencies of light, like red and infrared light. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one reason why I'm a huge fan of sauna. Mm-hmm. That's one reason why I'm a fan of these new LifeWave patches that I'm using. They're phototherapy patches that you can put on your skin and you can find more about those in the link in my bio. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, you know, we have to get people the right light in order to get rid of these heavy metals as well as the right minerals like magnesium to help drive them out. Yes. And, uh, you know, what you're talking about in terms of like detoxification pathways being activated by minerals, that's almost, you know, a, a lot of what I talk about like magnesium is very important for those detox pathways. Iron is very important for all of those detox pathways. But also if you look at like superoxide, you rarely have to supplement iron, which is remarkable. And if people want to learn more about that, it's in my book, dying to be free. Also. In yes. Yeah. Iron is definitely complicated. It's more about balancing iron than necessarily. In fact, I would say I recommend blood donation more than iron supplementation by yeah. far. Yeah, it tends to be the case that iron toxicity is a bigger problem than iron deficiency. Which is massively in the blind spot of the vast majority of clinicians who have absolutely no earthly idea how copper, or I mean iron works. Yeah, and actually copper too. So yeah, and you're copper. right about that. <laughs> Not their fault. They just get lied to by the, the idiots in charge. Right, right. You know, but all of those detoxification like enzymes uh, or uh, your antioxidant enzymes. Yeah. Like oxide dismutase, catalase um glutathione those are all run by your minerals so um right. you know, magnesium very important but all of those other uh antioxidant <clears throat> enzymes 
completely run by those minerals. So um, yeah, like first we want to do that. We want to shore up uh, mineral imbalances that really activates your own detoxification system to work in a much more efficient manner. Not to mention, you know, uh, when you balance your minerals, you, you in essence are balancing your hormones yeah. and hormones play a very significant role in detoxification. Like uh, thyroid and adrenal hormones are sending signals to the liver to activate detoxifying enzymes and metal binding proteins. I don't think I knew that. Uh, thyroid hormone actually sends signals to the liver to activate ceruloplasmin. How about that? Yeah. How about that? You know what I learned the other day? I learned that the LifeWave patches, mm -hmm. they trigger production endogenously of GHK copper peptide. So they trigger production of a peptide that's necessary for wound healing and stem cell activation that mm -hmm. binds avidly to copper. And I thought, and I put this in my most recent Substack blog post that came out today. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes sense to me that we would make people who are copper toxic better by giving them these patches that mm -hmm. bind the copper and put it to use instead of allowing it to run around and destroy right. things, which is what right. it does when it's not bound. But okay. I think like we've gotten way off the topic of magnesium supplementation and it wasn't my intention <laughs> to just suck people in with the great title, but, yeah. um, the secrets of magnesium supplementation, we have to give out some secrets, Clark. And I would say the number one secret I have for people is that, um, you cannot just dump magnesium into the system that is a recipe for missing a lot of important things right this would be like taking your car to the shop and replacing the oil regularly and never asking questions about the serpentine belt and the spark plugs and the water pump and all the other things in the car that honestly i don't even know anything about because i know nothing about cars although i use a lot of car analogies and so <laughs> the first secret is honestly don't check this alone Check it with a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. That's one reason why we're doing the HTMA webinar. It's why mm -hmm. when I want data on minerals, the first thing I want, or at least the second thing I want is an HTMA. Sometimes it's not, it's not in the patient's budget or we have other things we have to do first, but it's a critical piece of information because it gives me all this data on other things. And so many people are trying to fix magnesium problems that are related to low selenium or low chromium or low copper or low zinc or low manganese. And those are the other things that all work with magnesium in order to get the job done. So that's my first secret of magnesium supplementation. Clark, what's your Yes, secret? that would be, I was, I, I was kind of going, you know, great wines think alike, Dr. Stillman. <laughs> this is the reason we're doing a webinar and a course together. This is why. Um, yeah. Magnesium uh, has interactions with all of the other elements. And so when we do- Hang on a minute, Clark. All of the elements have interactions with all the other elements. True. Yeah. But we're focusing on magnesium right now. But so these ones are really important. These ones are the most important that you could ever. This is the most important information ever given. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it's kind of true. Kind of. Um, but so like calcium and magnesium are, are uh, in relationship to one another directly. Uh, sodium, potassium uh, and zinc as well interact with magnesium. But um one thing that I, I, I kind of notice sometimes but is implicit that in that Clark, I hate to interrupt you because I feel like it's being, it's rude, but honestly, I think this is really important and you, you flew past it, which is that these minerals need to be present in the proper ratios. Is that where you were going? Exactly. You, right. you took the words right out of my mouth. Okay. What I see very often is people are taking a lot of magnesium. They're dumping a lot of magnesium into the system at the expense of their other minerals. And yeah. so magnesium is directly antagonistic to sodium, 
So it will often be the case that people have a very low sodium on their hair tissue mineral analysis, really more indicative of poor adrenal function than anything else. Mm -hmm. It is about sodium in the diet, but that will make it so that you are not able to retain sodium as well. Mm -hmm. And so when you take a lot of magnesium in that state, you could potentially lower your sodium even further. And this is, uh, you know, one of those things that is a little more nuanced, but if you're taking a ton of magnesium and you're in this state of adrenal burnout or adrenal fatigue, you could potentially make yourself worse by taking, you know, 2000 milligrams of magnesium without any, any, uh, idea or care towards these other minerals. And when I, when you say worse, let's talk about what we mean by worse. Cause one of the things I've observed is that, you know, and I like to say, this, this is my new saying, there are no rules. There are only tools. And that means that there are not like you, oh, you all, all people need magnesium or all people need this or all people need that, or everyone needs to avoid this. Mm-hmm. There's, there's exceptions to all these rules. There's just tools. So magnesium is a tool. And you know, what you think, one thing you'll find is that magnesium can kind of mellow people out. And if you tell me you're going into a big, you know, presentation, magnesium's part of my sleep cocktail. I'm not going to give you my sleep cocktail or even most of the ingredients in it, including potentially magnesium. If you're going into that, I actually want to know how you respond and what dose you respond to, because there are, you know, like, for example, I might use a magnesium glycinate as, as something to help give somebody an extra boost in performance, but I would want to know that it hadn't, I really am more concerned about repleting magnesium way before the day of performance. And then the day of, I really want to minimize my inputs except with things that I'm very, they're very familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, I don't really reach for magnesium acutely because I think its function is fundamentally intracellular for performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but on, on one note, they do use magnesium sulfate when you're having a heart attack. So it's very good. But they use it IV. Those exactly. people are all massively magnesium deficient. True. I mean, they have basement levels. True. And you need to give the mag there in order to vasodilate. Mm-hmm. Um and in order to help with tissue healing and injury immediately afterwards, mm-hmm. plus you're going to get a parasympathetic activation from the mag, right. which is going to help drop heart rate, drop um, cardiac output, and therefore drop myocardial demand and re- and reduce the amount of hypoxic injury you're getting to the tissue. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But it has that effect, that extremely yes, balancing uh, parasympathetic effect. Sometimes yeah, people yes. are too parasympathetic, obviously. That's not it. And they don't get that. Yes, exactly. So they're pounding the parasympathetic nutrients or, or supplements. And all of a sudden they're like, I don't understand why I'm so darn tired. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, with a lot of my clients who are, let's say in adrenal fatigue, adrenal burnout, they don't utilize magnesium as well when the adrenal hormones are not working as well. So yeah. Part of the strategy is it's not to necessarily avoid magnesium supplementation in that particular instance, but we do a lot of things to resuscitate adrenal function at the same time. Resuscitate adrenal function. I'm, <laughs> I'm envisioning Clark doing CPR on the adrenal glands. Come on, wake up! Please. <laughs> um, you know, so we're we're doing things at the same time to address low or hypoadrenal function. Right. While we're giving magnesium supplementation, while magnesium is balanced with calcium um, and other nutrients as well, you know, and so this balancing act that we're going through uh, has this effect of triggering detoxification, 
of the metals that will improve magnesium status um, as well, sort of in its own way, you know, elimination, especially of aluminum and nickel, nickel and aluminum, uh, you know, they have similar sizes to magnesium or ionic radii. So um, elimination of those metals in particular, like in the pancreas can substitute for magnesium and destroy like glute four function, insulin function. Yeah. It's uh, maybe, you know, leading into what we're going to talk about tomorrow in our webinar with uh, weight tomorrow. loss. Yeah. Aren't we doing that tomorrow? Oh yeah. We're recording a lesson tomorrow for the yeah, a lesson, you know, I don't want people thinking we're doing a live webinar. tomorrow. No live tomorrow, but it's a part of the HTMA course. You'll definitely want to, uh, you know, be on the edge of this edge of your seat for this one. Um, sure. It's a good, but um, you know, just as entertaining as this whole live has been, <laughs> um, you know, so aluminum can replace magnesium in the pancreas or calcium yeah. for that matter and cause a lot of issues with your metabolism, uh, metabolic rate and weight gain. That's also, you know, maybe not to get too off topic, but calcium and magnesium are in relationship to each other. Um, aluminum can displace calcium in low calcium states. Um, this can elevate cytostolic calcium and have consequences on lipolysis and uh, fat burning. How about that? Yeah. So low magnesium, uh, uh, low calcium can influence aluminum uptake, and that can actually cause weight gain in an indirect way yeah and i think calcium doesn't get enough love in general because does not i don't think people and i don't know if i understand the dynamics of calcium within the body but what's interesting is it's one of the big big macro minerals and when you look at supplementation mm -hmm. supplementation in the conventional literature doesn't have clear benefit Magnesium supplementation right. in the conventional literature, there's a lot of data with clear benefit. But with right. calcium, many people are running around wondering, well, what are we supposed to do with this stuff? Right, right, right. But then when you look at the bigger patterns, you see that a low calcium diet is not associated with longevity. And that's mm. a big, big clue. Mm. Because we need calcium. Like your, calcium is more abundant in the body, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. than almost all the all the other macro minerals is it the most abundant mineral in the body potassium i think is number one potassium is number one that's right sodium two calcium three. that's right of course it's potassium because that's a massive intake of potassium yes, yes. But the point is that or what i was going to get at get at is that what you were saying is that calcium is necessary for activation of muscle right and so you have all these people who are at the gym working out and then going home and pounding magnesium supplements mm. and not worrying about their calcium uptake and not taking vitamin d and mm. they're wondering why they're not making any gains. Maybe mm. it's because calcium is the rate limiting step in your gains, bro. And no, I don't see anyone asking that question, but when you, but I can't help but wonder if that's an important piece of the puzzle. hundred percent. It's kind of calcium is very interesting. Calcium and magnesium and then sodium and potassium. I, I tend to think of those two sets of elements as sort of going together mm -hmm. and right. calcium and magnesium are those two sets where calcium is an extracellular uh, element magnesium intracellular sodium extracellular well, but that's not really fair because you have calcium inside the sarcoplasmic reticulum within all of your and and within uh a lot of other cellular compartments in the bone for sure right in bone tissue there's no doubt no, i mean within muscle yeah uh yeah that's true but but calcium is primarily an extracellular uh ion 
I can't remember what this what the concentrations are. I'm gonna yeah. take your word for it. Yeah, it's true. It's you know, trust me, bro. That's that's my sources. <laughs> Dude, trust me. Um, you know, but uh, t- typically that's how I tend to think about it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, chat, you know, I'm sure the chat and other people will check me for sure. What's but, really um, funny is I could ask Chat GPT right now. <laughs> do it, yeah, go. Let's see what yeah. we can pull up. Feed the no, beast. Let's not do it on the live. I'll get distracted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think uh, you're rambling now, Clark. We should wrap it up. We are kind of rambling. What anything anything interesting else to say? Like what are you doing for the holiday weekend? I was talking about magnesium, but Oh, okay. Well, you know, we can get back to I'm that. I'm gonna go get some sun and I'm gonna eat some really delicious food. I'm gonna relax and I'm gonna go paddle boarding. What about you? Same. I'm gonna try and do nothing. Excellent. It's and that's minerals. Exactly. Exactly. The rest is critical for keeping the minerals in. I'm not kidding. And if I didn't mention this before, that's one of the secrets to actually succeeding with magnesium supplementation is not being too stressed out. Because if you're a stress monster, as Jim Laird likes to call them, you are going to have very, very low magnesium levels chronically. And you're going to wonder why you are the leaky bucket of magnesium supplementation. And it won't matter what type of mag uh, you take. And on that note, we probably ought to talk a little bit about types of mag. Um, and you know, today we did a live on this with, I did with live on this with Jim. And basically what I said is that there's a lot of, a lot of attention paid to the type of magnesium is which one's best. Mm-hmm. And some people who think that it goes to different tissues based on what amino acids it's complex to. I've never seen that literature and I've looked for it. Although and not particularly, you, you, you couldn't find it either. Couldn't find it either. How about that? Tissue specific magnesium. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, well, the key thing, right, is it in the stomach, it's, it's cleaved off by the stomach acid. And now you have mag and you have the amino acid. So how do you know that they're going to go to the same place? Exactly. Right. And so and that's the other thing I, I mentioned today is that you've got to have adequate stomach acid if you're going to absorb any of these minerals. Yes. And people miss that. So, I mean, yes. taking PPIs, taking H2 blockers, taking antacids and drinking a lot of highly, highly neutralizing uh, foods like, for example, uh, dairy mm. can really wreck your ability to digest your food. One of my favorite topics on this is why stomach acid is good for you, which is somewhere up on that shelf Mm. by Jonathan Wright and is what I give all my people who've got Mm. gastroesophageal reflux disease. Mm. Interesting. I didn't know that about dairy. Oh my gosh. Dairy is so powerful because it's got tons of protein and tons of calcium. Mm. And that's one reason why, you know, you never, you rarely see gastric acid insufficiency in children and, and small animals, right? And the reason is that they're, they're so young, they have this vitality and that vitality drives that stomach acid production right. and that stomach acid production then creates enough acid for them to break down practically anything they eat. That's why, you know, you can give, you know, little kids like shoe leather and they just like, you know, they just digest it. Right. And, right, and right, older right. people are like, oh, I can't eat that steak. It'll make me feel heavy. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> right. sort of ineffable, like the Chinese, the traditional Chinese medicine doctors would call it chi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very important concept because it is helpful clinically in helping you guide your patients. But dairy will will absolutely wreck. Um, it's not that it will wreck it. It's that it will overwhelm stomach acid production in some people. Mm. And that's purely anecdotal expert opinion, but mm. it does pan out in clinical practice. It's part of why so many people feel better on a dairy-free diet. That and all the additives and sweets and sugars and stuff like that that they can no longer eat mm. when they go dairy-free. Mm. Interesting. Good to know. You always learn something on these lives with Dr. Stillman. Likewise. You taught me something earlier. I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> All right, everyone. Come to our HTMA webinar at the end of next month. It's going to be a blast, just like this live was. For, uh, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, 
all those good things. We appreciate your sharing us, you know, um, fight the algorithm. It's trying to make you dumb and stupid and sick. And we're trying to make you healthy and strong and vibrant. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Use that as the uh, cover photo. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>